0: To propel humanity toward a greater future to conquer the uncertainty of space to blaze a path towards greater opportunity and fulfill our destiny to see with our own eyes the entirety of the perceptible universe we're going to piss on the moon and there is nothing you can do about it 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs barking, 48 minutes of dogs
1: Forty eight minutes of dog barking, forty eight minutes of dog barking.
0: Damn, son, where'd you find this? Damn, Uh, (laughs) I pooped and peed all over my balls.
1: well thank you for telling me how your day's been uh just what what world we live in oh did i ever okay this is this is kind of a story i might leave it in i don't know did i ever tell you i I worked for i worked for local radio station KMLX 11 20 a.m and there was a there was a guy and he worked in the news desk and he had this he had this real super sultry news voice but anytime he got copy that, that that for a weather report that suggested there was rain in the future, he would say, Get set to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me you've been uh, a DJS strip club uh, without
0: <laughs> DJ at a you the DJS strip club. I
1: wouldn't put it past him. He was a smooth old dude, man. He uh, Ladies Just, would call into the complaint line and say, Oh, well, thank you very much, man. Amazing sultry voice. The man is sultry,
0: real sensual.
1: Yeah. Uh, welcome to the program. By the way, Forty Bits of Dogs Barking is the name of the show. My name's Jason. Alongside for the ride with me, the Bobby to my Whitney is that Brian. <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you? Hey. So am I. Uh, am I going to beat you to death? I think so. I think that's uh. the implication. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: still probably my favorite. I can't. I can't Whitney really news, uh, news <sighs> headline of all time. Bobby beats Whitney to death. Which is right up there with man throws bricks at cops
1: gets free KFC. A classic news headline. I love it. I've loved it for decades. Headless body in topless bar. <laughs> God, you can just
0: hear the long cigarette drag that kept, that came with that being typed out. <sighs> you
1: know what I got for this one? Yeah.
0: You know what? I'm just you know I've already written up you know <laughs> five pages of copy already. All this bullshit. You know what? This one. I'm just going for the easy pun.
1: I don't know, man. Easy pun was so great. Oh, by the way, they made a movie based on just that title alone. I mm-hmm. guess they were going for that eight heads in a duffel bag thing, where it's a provocative title,
0: and then the movie's kind of <laughs> yeah. Because you know, eight heads in a duffel bag. You know, that sounds like a movie that's really going to have some
1: punch to it. And it's Joe Pesci too in the lead in that movie.
0: Yeah, that I, I don't remember. Exactly, but I remember hearing something, or that there was a rumor, or a blind am that yeah. he, like, owed someone, like, some ridiculous favor, <laughs> and that's why he's in that movie.
1: I don't know, I thought he read the script and it sounded good, but I don't know. I mean, like, the concept alone is interesting. If you've never seen the movie, it's called Eight in a Duffel Bag, is the name of the flick. Joe Pesci, David Spade, Christy Swanson, George Hamilton, a cast of thousands. It's
0: like a Bollywood movie.
1: Yes, for for, for stoners it's, or something. It's, it's not at all. It, it's it's a farcical hitman comedy. The hitman is Joe Pesci. He's got eight heads in a duffel bag, hence the name of the movie. It gets mixed up with some college student gets it, and so that it's a comedy of errors. Everyone thinks everybody's out to get them. Structurally, in that kind of wacky comedy thing that they used to do, where Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels was one where, like, this bag keeps changing hands and that uh, the, the situation continues to escalate as it goes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, conceptually, it sounded like the perfect fit. You know, you, you just had Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels was a huge hit, right? Or mm-hmm. for the time, I guess, relatively speaking. For, for I don't know
0: what it was. It was a very successful movie.
1: Now, I, I don't know that you could really call that a hit nowadays i mean it it's a so much smaller scale is an indie hit how about we say that
0: yeah i think what what it means to be kind of like a art house or an indie darling kind of film 20 years ago is very different than what it is today right because like do you even like if you're an indie film do you even get released like in theaters do you, or do you just go straight to streaming
1: unless you're an a24 yeah, movie yeah. about uh generational trauma i don't think you really do but that's not a knock on A twenty four movies, by the way. It's just that there's a theme.
0: There's uh, a there's a aesthetic <laughs> or at least a uh, yeah. a set of aesthetics that are in their stable. I was just thinking about how I would really like uh Florence Poe and uh the the chick from uh um Death Stranding, The Place Fragile. I would love to have them. Sadu. Sadu. I would Sadu. really, mm-hmm. really just love both of them to have like a Hell in the Cell match uh, over who gets to put a dog collar on me and make me eat out of a tin bowl.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh, well, you know what? That's perfect, because this week we're getting nasty. We're, we're uh, the, the reason I brought up Get Set to Get Wet I gotta clip that. That's gotta be for future use. Put down the soundboard. Yeah. So the the reason I said get set to get wet. The reason that that Leah Sado making Brian her personal dog
0: or Florence Poe
1: or Florence Poe. That's right. I honestly, it's it's Leah Sado any day. But that's just me. Have you seen the French Dispatch?
0: Yeah, that's what really uh, solidifies
1: my 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 commitment to this thought. Yeah, understood and agreed. Speaking of which, another great segue. Today is, in fact, National Boob Day, so that's why we're recording.
0: Hello, <laughs> these two guys. We got a couple of boobs here on the... A uh, couple of boobs here, folks.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... The hack comic bit of calling someone a boob. It's perfect. Or someone's <laughs> error, <heir>, a boner. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Jason, yes, you gotta yes, tell yes, me, yes, as a yes. married
0: man, what does a tip feel like? Because yeah. I'm sorry to say that I have not been allowed...
1: Um, it, uh warm and soft. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's pretty much anybody part, though. So, at least on so me, it's like, a, uh,
0: like a chicken cutlet that's been in the trunk.
1: Yeah, well, that's been in the oven for about three hours on one eighty. I think that would be. You know, you're you're in the midst of sous eating it. I guess would be the interesting. I'm. <laughs> this is a very strange. I get my <laughs> very thoughts strange of some kind of
0: to figure this out. <laughs>
1: I just Uh, like, uh, you know,
0: I wish Cicero's was still around because that would be like the perfect Uh. place to just walk into a kitchen and be like, hey, so I got this really fucked up idea, but I also have $20. So I don't know if you ever heard the Beal Bob story (laughs) about why he got or how he got banned from Cicero's. Are you familiar with this?
1: I am not. But for a little additional context, for those of you who do not live in St. Louis, our local weirdo. Yeah, the local weirdo goes by the stage name Beetle Bob, though he is not a musician or a performer of any sort. He made a a bit of a national splash a couple years back for going to 500 concerts in a row. Most of those times, by the way, were not paid for. Most of the time he goes to a show, he scams himself on the guest list. He'll he'll send out tweet, unhinged tweets to the artists directly saying, I'll put you on my radio show. A radio show, by the way, which I do not believe exists. I don't think it's ever existed. No, but he's using this to to, to kind of continue to like not work. I think he volunteers somewhere. He's a very strange man, and we might actually have to devote some time to, to, to him a, on a future was, show because, yeah. There was
0: someone that was working on a documentary and I don't Really don't know what happened to that. That was like ten, fifteen years ago.
1: I actually, uh that was around the same time that site came around. It was a single serving site and it was uh sit down, Beetle Bob, because this guy shows up to shows uninvited. He's on the guest list somehow. And then he stands by the side of the stage doing the dumbest shit moves you'll ever seen a white boy do. He is not a quirked up white boy. He is the lamest. He like
0: way, does like this like praying mantis kind of thing with his hands. He jabs <laughs> him forward, yeah. and he'll do like a kick and spin around. And there's like lots of stories of people like trying to enjoy like a sold out show at the pageant, like like Wilco or like Blonde Redhead or something, and like actually yeah. and getting like fucking kicked in the side. Like you know, people are like, yeah, I have a bruise now because of this fucking numb nuts
1: he's a he's a real real weirdo he's he's known for stealing stuff from bands i could tell a couple Beale bob stories right here but he
0: i'm not going to spoil the the whole bunch of them but the, just to get the idea of what kind of person he is there's stories about being like at like people being at a diner in like the late 90s and seeing beel bob like nodding off in like the other booth and just like as he starts to fall asleep like throwing fries at him and waking him back up and basically not letting him doze off. The last time I've actually ever seen Beel Bob in the flesh was I was driving down Delmar Boulevard and saw him outside of... Blueberry Hill by a trash can with a piece of luggage by his foot and like a bunch of like stage passes hanging around his neck and he just looked really confused and out of nowhere. And Beal Bob is such a kleptomaniac that he's pretty much banned from anywhere of note in St. Louis, or at least was banned from anywhere of note in St. Louis. But his thievery is is pretty well known. He's a kleptomaniac. He's kind of like the bad version of Wesley Willis in a way, just kind of like this guy that seems out of step in so many ways. And people offered empathy and support to Wesley Willis. And I think that brought out the good in that person, but most people who have brought that same energy to Beal Bob usually end up regretting it. And it's kind of sad, but to get to my story about Cicero's is that the reason he got banned from there was that there was a line cook there was a private party, or like someone's birthday party, and they were cooking up a sheet of white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies for this party or this birthday party or whatever it was, this event that was going on there. And the chef took out the tray of cookies, put them to the cool, went out and took a smoke break, as a cook at uh, Rose is very often to do. And he comes back in and like half the cookies are missing and he's fucking furious. So he walks around to the venue side, goes into the venue and there's fucking Beal Bob, like fucking doing his kind of stupid dance in front of the stage and just fucking slamming cookies. that He's got stuffed into the pockets of his blazer.
1: Now that is a national boob on national boob Day. <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of like one
0: of those things when i was a music photographer bands coming to st louis for the first time and like and maybe they only really knew a handful of things about st louis like music or culture wise like that wasn't sports related and they like so is Beale bob gonna be here tonight and just be like you don't you don't want Beale bob to be here and i remember like talking to a couple of touring bands about it, like do you guys have like a local eccentric music person and I think it was Kansas City. They were, someone from Kansas City was telling me there was like this this like uh, like chubby black guy that would show up in like a pink tutu, and just kind of be weird. And he, I don't know if there's any like nasty stories associated with that guy. Was just, but there was a band from like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that told me about how there was this guy in their music scene that was called the Senator, and he would wear like a you know a, a suit, and he would. It, Matt Gates. Yeah. And he would get <laughs> down and sometimes, not every time, but sometimes he might take his little pecker out. Just the for the oh, damn. Matt Gates, know, just, yeah. Just a just a just a wild man. But he was like older. He was like again his fifties or sixties, like had salt and pepper hair. He looked like an yeah. old legislator. Just sometimes his dick came out. <laughs> through uh through his little fly, I guess. That's I don't a- know.
1: Uh, wow. Yeah. So
0: That's uniquely terrible. So speaking about <laughs> the senator. Speaking about weird dicks. Ah. Okay. I'm not doing anything with here, the same. Speaking of weird dicks. You
1: got, you got, you did you, uh, got I know we've got there. a few
0: things here to talk. We've got a couple things on the mm, docket, mm. but one thing I definitely wanted to come yeah. to. Bring to light. Oh, no, please don't come to I, it. I'm, 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 I could. I mean, he is a beautiful man. But uh, Mr. Infowars himself having a, a particularly terrible day. I mean, quote, Alex
1: Jones is having the worst day of his life, and I am here for it, folks. It's kind funny.
0: You
1: want to talk about local centrics. Yeah. That's
0: like basically what Alex yeah. Jones started in, as in Austin, Texas.
1: Right. Yeah, because I remember in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you really only heard about Infowars through some of the real cranks. But then you heard his voice in that fucking Richard Linklater movie. Uh, waking Life. Piece of shit movie. I will, I will go to war with it. Did you like Scanner Darkly? Yes, because it actually had a story and it made sense. Waking Life was just like, here's a bunch of conversations my friends had, and we wrote a I mean, them.
0: that's kind of like the same problem with the brown bunny, and then there's just a really weird blowjob at the end.
1: I, I, I didn't like Brown Bunny for a lot of other reasons. The, the blowjob is whatever. That's just like, okay, Gallo being weird for the sake of being weird. My main thing about Brown Bunny, put my film critic hat back on. You, you had such a brilliant movie, Buffalo 66, and that this is what you follow it up with. An existential road picture about a guy who's lonely. I
0: think it's a blowjob
1: yeah but imaginary because it was it's just not real you know or whatever it's not even like get that far it was
0: kind of one of those things me and my friend rented it from family video and we tried to get we probably got halfway through it and i'm like this is fucking miserable and i'm just like looking at my friend like we're both like 18 or 19 and i was like do you just want to skip to the blowjob part and yeah. <laughs> watch the blowjob part which is kind of like the sad indie dude bro version of, yeah, of skipping yeah, this, to the make-out scene in Mulholland, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> so it's just like, because everything else just seems indecipherable and tedious. Like, all right, well, this is, you know, it's like the part in...
1: See, I like indecipherable and tedious when David Lynch does yeah, it.
0: I don't know. <laughs> so, but Vincent Gallo is a fucking crank in his own right. But anyways, back to Alex Jones. So his, his lawyer was supposed to... If my understanding i'm kind of paraphrasing here was supposed to hand over some some texts for discovery to the yes
1: it was it was part of the the ongoing trial about the 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 sandy hook parents and they're suing him for defamation Mm -hmm. according to the guardian (laughs) uh attorneys attorneys for alex jones these are his defense attorneys (laughs) they sent the prosecution Every text message Jones had written in the past two years. Ay ay ay. Every text message, which means that that now the January sixth committee <laughs> could have potential access to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of it's, it's the gang who couldn't shoot straight over there. Ridiculous. Oh, that's amazing. The the quote the the banks and the prosecuting attorney. Do you know where I got this? Your attorneys messed up and sent me a digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you sent for the past two years. Apparently, he told Jones's lawyers about the mistake, but they didn't take any steps to label the text as privileged and thereby keep them out of court. So, Alex Ooh. Jones literally has the worst fucking lawyers. <laughs> That's pretty bad.
0: It's pretty bad. I think today he had to, or he decided to confess that he believed that Sandy Hook was real, I believe as one of the other. 100%, 100% real. He said it's 100% it real. Real. Folks, folks, I know I've said to the contrary, but <laughs> I, uh, I believe Thank 100% you. that he is not stored in the balls. I do want to maintain <laughs> that I do believe that was his butthead's son you know the, the crowds. everyone's <laughs> just fucking screaming they're just mad <laughs> you know they gotta get the bailiff out the hush people the fucking lawyer or the the judge is just banging his gavel no no we will not have this in here and he's like i uh on. order van dressing is butthead's father no 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 get him fucking throw him out content of court you know
1: just uh folks i know my judge personally and he said that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God. Because there are two guys from Texas, right? That, I mean, makes, that makes sense, sense. Yeah. They would know each other.
0: Just a, just a real, <laughs> real quick aside here, real quick sidebar. Oh, oh.
1: we've been doing nothing but for the past I mean, 20 minutes, is, so I don't see this this why more, I now. This
0: is now. made, Jason. This is how you get that gold. This is how you get people re-uploading stuff to YouTube with weird line drawings,
1: animating things. But uh... It's just me as one of the characters from South Park with the floppy head because I can't stop fucking laughing
0: but so at work yesterday i just like so we've been dealing with the effects of this flood and i'm coming down into the warehouse come down the ramp and i see one of the the sons of the family i work for talking with the warehouse manager and talking about this and that and he's like and the warehouse manager is uh you know if i could get a dock plate it would make it real easier cuz cuz all of our uh, our docks are busted somewhat because of the oh, wow. flood and be, and also the ones that are are busted or being taken up by trailers or storing and stuff in, and so on. And so on, it was like if we had a dock plate, you know, it would really help out. And then the manager leaves for the day, the sun walks off, and just for the rest of the shift, which is like an hour, and was walking around going, Boy, if I had a dock plate, that would make things so much easier. Boy, boy howdy, if I had dock plate. And that's not how anyone sounds in this conversation. I was walking around, Boy, if I had dock plate, you know, things would be pretty good around here. I think I could get a lot done if I had dock plate. I'll club. tell you what. And just just <laughs> everyone looking at me like I'm fucking crazy because I'm just like I've been working, I worked six days straight. I'm tired. Right. And I'm just going around just like you.
1: Yeah.
0: It's either that or the Jim Cornette voice. All right there, Twinkle Toes, if you got me a fucking dock plate, maybe we can get some fucking work done around here.
1: <laughs> you know. God damn. <laughs> We're going to be talking about
0: dog Plates! Uh, <laughs> Goddamn, who's running this fucking show? The Ultimate Warrior? Or is it Vince Russo back there fucking knocking his fat tits together? Because I swear to God, if you don't give me that dog Plate, I'm going to send you hell in the fucking gasoline britches. And you ain't going to have fun! <laughs> what the fucking doc? I don't know, man. My life is yeah. just really pitiful. But anyways, so...
1: I don't even know what a dock plate is, but I'm going so for it's you. I want you to get that plate goddamn dock
0: plate that you <laughs> put in between the edge of a dock or you know something, a ledge, yeah, and then it Go goes ahead. on to the of a trailer. So if you don't
1: have, oh um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, I've seen it in action. I just didn't know. Yeah, where it Yeah, but called. for some
0: reason we we don't. Have one, and we have one open dock and creates situations like we have a guy from the other location with a transfer, and we have two trailers, two other two. We got like you know two different trailers waiting, and the, and the drivers are just like, So, what's up? And I was like, They're using the only dock we've got, and they got a whole entire truck full of shit, and you guys are gonna have to wait, and they're just like. I'm gonna kill myself. And you know truck drivers are already right. just like one bad day from, you know, just driving yeah. off the, the side of an embankment. A dock plate. There Folks, you go. I just um, want that dock plate. Uh, gosh. Oh, May not <laughs> be one of those fanny ones. It could just be diamond pressed steel.
1: <laughs> Speaking of steel, no, that was the worst transition. Another the last bit of uh, Twitter drama or beefs or whatever we want to go into is the thing that's been really fucking me up all week. Are you familiar with Anna Mardal? I am not, thankfully. So last week we talked briefly about a Twitter beef that was brewing because Anna Mardal posted something along the lines of "Stop telling me that every great writer reads a lot. Not every not everyone's neurotypical enough to read." Essentially, basically, that 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 mm-hmm. calling it ableist to ask people to read books. Um, <laughs> we've really,
0: you have really scraped the bomb in the barrel of discourse.
1: Hello from the future. The episode we are referring to here is the Dan Quinn episode, which has never been released. We apologize for the confusion. Now back to the PP episode already in progress. Oh, wait, it gets better. So, Anna Mardal mm-hmm. is the stage name of someone who apparently, as we found out this week, is a legacy hire at... Lockheed Martin. <laughs> That's right, folks. The arms and defense company Lockheed Martin, Gosh. apparently, for the past fifteen years, mm. has been em- employing self-described tender queer Anna Mardal, who's also in the past. I, f- I found this out because I didn't I didn't connect the dots, but apparently, Anna Mardal was one of the people behind harassing the lady who wrote. I identify as an attack helicopter. That that essay. Oh isabel fall i believe yeah. it was
0: which then became like the
1: only the only
0: joke that conservatives had
1: well no that joke see that joke originated on 4chan and that came before okay. this article came out because that joke was was well established canon and that's why the article was called mm, that okay i'm not familiar with this article It was very strange so it was a sci-fi story so it's like a self insert sci-fi story about transness and it was a story that actually co-opted a transphobic meme. So she took, I oh. uh, sexually identify as a uh, attack helicopter, and wrapped it around a sci-fi story. Huh. Yeah, so it was very very fascinating. But then, due to the perceived anti-transness of the story, Anna Mardal and her followers decided to harass Isabel. I think Ball. the phrase we're using is a uh, gang stalking. Targeted harassment, gang yeah. stalking, whatever you want to call it, it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean... Isn't it just a shame when someone's... It's just like they they try really hard, put a lot of time and effort and energy and posturing to show you just like how awoke and right and correct they are. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out they're just kind of like a big hypocrite that's just like their sense of morality Mm -hmm. is maybe opaque at best. You know, geez. (laughs) You know, know, it's like the 30th time I've seen this happen and it's still kind of just... Oh, it still hurts. I can't believe I keep falling for this. You know, where yeah. where are all the where are all the good people? <laughs> where are all the people that are supposed to make the pain go away, Jason? Because right now this is just a lot of pain. This is a lot of suffering. Yeah. Just what a miserable situation. Jesus, just
1: Gretchen Felker Martin, who wrote the fantastic book Manhunt. Mm-hmm put it best. I, I, I screenshotted this. It was so perfect. You can follow her at at scumbelievable, by the way, and read her book. It's fantastic. The bottomless capacity of comfortable people with absolutely no morals or ethics whatsoever to give empty, wordy, moral and ethical advice that serves mostly to make it no one's fault at all that anything bad happens in the world is really getting a workout today.
0: yeah yeah i could see that wow i saw someone else (laughs) tweeting about this recently i don't know i'm not gonna look it up you all can search it if you want teaching older millennials the phrase there's no ethical consumption under capitalism has turned out to be a rather bad idea (laughs) yeah and you know it's one thing to work a job for survival that doesn't align with your morals and maybe one that's not particularly great for the world uh life isn't perfect and we all have to do what we can to survive but when you're like a legacy hire
1: at lockheed martin uh you. <laughs> yeah i i i don't know what to tell you good get fucked but that's just me I... um <laughs> <laughs> speaking of eating shit and dying That's right, it's time for Crypto Scam of the Week, everybody! My favorite part of the show where I get to pretend like I know what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is the only part. Hey,
1: hey yo! Hey, uh, hey, man, I just, uh, hey. got a couple of jokes
0: I've been working on. I hope if you can let hey. me
1: workshop them here if that's all right. Uh, nomad Bridge, folks. Folks, now did you hear about this? You read nomad about this? Bridge. Brian, you told me about Nomad Bridge. Can you tell me what the fuck it is? Okay, so
0: Nomad is a bridge service. I'm not too familiar with it specifically, but bridge service is usually what lets you okay. transfer funds from different blockchains. So if you have okay. money on yeah, a middle so if net, you have money basically. on Avalanche yeah. and you want hmm. to directly convert to ethereum or uh binance smart chain so on and so forth phantom us World. usc yes. whatever Well, know. usc okay. is not uh necessarily chain determined there's usc on tron on all the big chains but yes technically huh. you're 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 barking up the right tree here but one of the things that makes bridges uh, kind of a sweet plum for nefarious mm. individuals on the internet is that to facilitate all of these trades, generally speaking, you want good liquidity of the main tokens on an individual blockchains, which means there's a lot of money typically stored within a bridge. Relatively speaking.
1: Okay. Well, the bridge is like a, uh, like a holding house, yeah. uh, almost like an intermediary that stores value. So th- that's then so transferred. Am I getting exchange, that? But it's,
0: okay currency in. exchange
1: That's, so
0: yeah um so there was a breach on nomad yesterday and uh the amount of money removed was around 190 million dollars and i was actually watching this Ooh. live in a, a telegram channel oh, Wow. and some of the guys in there are a little bit smarter about this than me they actually went to college um or are just not american and um right
1: sounded. I mean, I,
0: by default, not being born here usually means you're a little bit smarter than me. Anyways, um, but they're describing what they're they're looking through the transactions and stuff and seeing what's going on. And basically, it was kind of like doing like a fake um, transaction. And I'm really just kind of going huh. over this in a real surface level. Um, sort of way, yeah, but yeah. here's, here's the part where things get really interesting and juicy because she gets exploited all the time in crypto. It's, you know, a couple hundred thousand sure. dollars here, a couple million dollars here 190 million dollars is quite a a shocking amount of money when it's not just something that one person was able to do by doing like a flash loan or doing a complicated Mm -hmm. series of trades in order to switch liquidity for one token to another and somewhere in between all of these things that you're juggling around you're able to extract money that you're not supposed to be able to touch um this was Mm -hmm. uh, something that was easily repeatable and so what you had happening was individuals that were not associated with the original attack being able to replicate this attack and start taking out money of their on their own. And so you had individuals just kind of, once it was figured out what was going on, doing it in their on their own, and being able to siphon a million dollars worth of a crypto like Ethereum or Bitcoin or something like that. And it started getting to the point where people were starting to sap multiple times. Um, really getting their hands stuck in the in the cookie jar because some people on like Etherscan or any of those uh, websites, those trackers, some people have their wallets attached as like, oh, so this is BitBoy's wallet that just bought this right. amount of Ethereum or this is this other crypto Twitter influencer. People have publicly known wallets. Or wallets that are mm-hmm. attributed and believed to be used by certain individuals. And so there's people, right. you know, you have the uh, the wallet address. You, all these wallet addresses mm-hmm. that are siphoning this money. And then you start seeing, like, people that have their .ens uh names and stuff like that, their their uh URLs and, and their their Twitter handles and stuff and people getting their hand caught in the cookie jar, which is kind of wild. People apologizing on Twitter, maybe sincerely or not, being like, I didn't think this was gonna work. I uh, oh, I, uh Yeah, I do, I that, do that, have the, to think, that old saw I do yeah, have that classic. there are some individuals that are just like fuck it, I'll give it a shot and all of a sudden like oh I have a million dollars. Oh God, uh, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me get my, uh, let me get prepared for prison here.
1: Yeah. Cause it looks like uh, I'm reading a, a wonderful Twitter user at zero X who first, as far as I know, first broke the news that I was able to see. It was something super simple. Yeah.
0: It was, it was, that's why it was too easy to replicate.
1: Yeah. It was like, call, yeah, here we go. It appears that call data from old successful transactions can be copy-pasted into fresh transactions to retrieve assets from the bridge. So essentially, Ooh. you've given someone a blank check and then said, well, look at my older checks and you can take the numbers off of there. Holy cow. So you can get this info, paste a, mm-hmm. b- a paste a bit of code there from a previous transaction that says, yep, this person's authorized. It's, it's all plain text.
0: Yeah, there's nothing fancy about Holy it.
1: Holy cow. I I was thinking it was something sophisticated, like oh, this has got to be some major DeFi black hats or whatever. Like
0: usually it's like a flash loan. You know, someone's just kind of gumming up the works, going faster than the blockchain or the exchange,
1: doing wash trades or whatever it's going to do to.
0: Sometimes, like actually, you kind of gotta know what you're doing to pull off this shit. But this was a fairly simple situation. So that's 190 million dollars, and Nomad, last time I checked, was had an address, a wallet set up where if uh, you wanted to return those funds that you were quote unquote safekeeping, <laughs> you can return them and keep a 20% finders fee. Which uh. is something that usually happens in these situations. There's a lot of times an exploit, a hack happens on with a certain project or a certain blockchain, and you know, whoever's the custodian of this project or this entity is like, hey, so uh would it be cool? I know you stole like twenty million from us. Would it be cool if you just returned like most of it? 16 million of it? Yeah. of it. And we'll just say it's cool. <laughs> and there's actually more than a few times these these hackers will be like, well, 20 million dollars is pretty hot. A million dollars? you know well they're probably going to be happy to have their money back and i'll be happy to go on my way so it ends up being quite a sweetheart deal and this is kind of what happens when you have this big financial space with this quote-unquote bling technology that kind of isn't most of the time that isn't regulated doesn't have any governing bodies and it doesn't have not a lot of like really hard and fast rules you know it's it is really the the fucking wild west of the internet in every way, good and bad, mostly bad, so that's the crypto scam definitely of this week. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've seen in this space Solana was
1: getting hacked as well yeah,
0: just uh auto draining like wallets, which is again fucking crazy, and I mean. So Solano is constantly dunked on for getting backed up and not being like the fast chain that's supposed to be, or even reliable,
1: you know, like this is going to keep yeah. Progressing. It's constantly having problems. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of
0: pausing and freezing of the chain. And... You know, there's kind of this joke in crypto Twitter that's been going on for a year or two about Solano Summer because it doesn't fucking happen because it never really pumps.
1: <laughs> no, it's like Morbin. It's like, a Morbius, it's yeah, like it's a, Morbius. It's kind of like the Morbius of crypto chains.
0: <laughs> I think its biggest use is NFT speculation, and I don't really yeah, which makes sense. I really sense. don't know um, I guess because I think it's is a layer two for Ethereum. I can't remember. It's not my bag. It's there's not a lot really interesting going on with it. Um as as far as or anything that seems peculiar or novel, unlike all of the numerous fucking shit coins in Ethereum and BSC, which is just, you know, there's no shortage of weirdness going on there. I don't need to really branch out much further. Yeah. But so that's yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, Solana,
1: the Solana's weird one too, is because it's it's not only affecting the native tokens, the SOL, but but SPL tokens, including USDC. It looks like effective, it's a it's a it's a weird hack because it's affecting inactive wallets. So wallets that have been active inactive for more than six months, according yeah. to, again, our friend uh, OX Fubar.
0: My understanding is, my understanding is that if there is one project or one website associated with that blockchain. I think it's called slope, which is just, if, mm-hmm. you know, what a name for a thing to be a problem. And yeah. so if you've interacted, Wait, is there a certain, a a certain permission. If you interacted with the contract or you've interacted with slope, that could be backdoored and just be auto drained. And so usually if, someone has a nefarious contract that auto drains a wallet or something like that. That's usually like you're interacting with it and you think you're like joining some sort of BSC farm or something like that, or you're staking some tokens somewhere. And then, well, yeah, now all of your tokens are being staked in some dude in Honduras's wallet. That's usually what's going on, but this is like a real after the fact kind of deal, which makes it pretty unique. That would be like that would be like getting your house robbed by the guy that was your Uber Eats
1: driver like six months ago. <laughs> hey, by the oh, way. Shit. So uh, slope, I had to look this up because I, I have a a sneaking suspicion that a lot of crypto projects are at very least low-key racist and that's right, slope is a slur. Just to to put the icing on the cake on that one. Derogatory slur. Uh, referring to vietnamese people so that terrible i because i had heard you know, i I, it, I was like slope slope what 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 it? and and my my immediately went to is slope a slur <laughs> <laughs> google google search which i do not recommend doing because you will get urban dictionary and you will get you know, yeah. It's just, oh, oh my god, yeah. It must have been a sixties and seventies thing, and
0: now it's here today, oh, back, so, yeah, in pog form. It's it's racism <laughs> back in pog form. I got my <laughs> slammer here. Yeah, <laughs> I remember one time working with like an old shitty racist guy and another coworker being just like, yeah, he's kind of racist, and this coworker being not white. And I'm like, yeah, he kind of. He kinda of seems like one of those guys that'll just use like an old school slur that you haven't heard in a long time. Like one day you're just gonna hear someone hear him call someone like a <laughs> and you're and everyone's just gonna be like <laughs> just be like I haven't heard that in a while. You know, yeah. they're both be like, Wow, that's racism too. Like that's a deep pull. Like Yeah, you gotta really
1: you gotta really want Yeah, it.
0: you really have to be like, you know, like listen, I've been following this franchise for fifty years.
1: I got every I got He knows every all the lore. Yeah, every yeah.
0: pennant in, in the rec room. You know he's got of his all, favorite All the time, that all just all has, the time.
1: Like, <laughs> on the back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I graduated uh, from
1: a <laughs> university. <laughs> just, I bleep all of that. Yeah, I know we gotta. Here <laughs> yeah, we got.
0: We got. We got to do the Nick Mullen trick of just saying like the first like like syllable or contraction, and just, and
1: don't, and the shit, just, so it'd just be like, Yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying nickel. Oh, my favorite slurs. Now, my favorite slurs are the ones that I learned in, in like, Halo lobbies, which, okay, bear with me. This is a roundabout segue, but we're going to get there. My favorite slurs are the ones I hear in, 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 in Halo lobbies, mostly because they come from out of nowhere. Halo had a huge, a very active forum, the .net forums there. And that is where I first heard of our main subject tonight, the yellow pee-pee monster. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh yeah, yes, we yes, are, I'm it's Vincent almost- Price. And today I'm going to tell you a
0: story about a violation of a man's most sacred room in his home.
1: <laughs> do you dare? I think if we're going to get somebody old school to do to do Yellow PB Monster, I think it would probably be Orson Welles. Yes,
0: folks.
1: (laughs) What if I told you there was a
0: man who had no respect for the mores and folkways of society? A man who was neither above nor below the average man, but something outside of it. A man that you wouldn't want to come to dinner, but a man you maybe wanted to help you out of a flaming car.
1: He abused himself in this particular notion of urinating... Everywhere, yeah. You just you, there's a anyway. No uh, so yellow peepee monster. We've talked about national boob, the tender queer war criminal. We've talked about how cryptocurrencies are slurs. Let's cap it off. Yellow peepee monster, folks. Folks, I reviewed the tapes,
0: and uh that does appear
1: to be urine. Alex, yeah. Uh, what's that there, Jason? Although, although Alex, we 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 cannot be certain that it is actually urine. Here's here's what's interesting. Okay, so. A little bit of backstory, 2009, I believe, was the year is when we first started seeing these videos popping up in the early days of YouTube. This is, you know, they really had a lot of content moderation. There was a lot of just no. random shit happening. There was a lot of random shit happening on there. You'd, you'd find just, like just the, the oddest stuff. And so in a series of videos, someone calling themselves PP Monster, yellow PP Monster, yeah, would upload these 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 videos. And they're mostly silent. Their first person, and it looks like early camera phone footage, and it's someone walking into a bathroom. Totally normal stuff. Sometimes that happened on YouTube. No vlogging was a thing. But then a insane stream of what we again, what me and Alex Jones are assuming. Folks, it looks is like urine. This to me. I'm pissed <laughs> off. It's very clear. It's not as it yellow as I'm up used with
0: the footage.
1: Well, what's interesting is that, that because the person is standing and urinating, we have to assume at least a signed yes, male at yes, birth. Thank
0: you. Jason get, Jason gets his social justice warrior cookies today.
1: They're in the mail. Yes. You're I thank welcome. you. Uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be bad by the time they get here, like the pink sauce. We talked about that last week, didn't Doctor, we? Did we talked about the pink sauce. God, what a ter-
0: what a terrible world we live in. And it's not even gonna be here for like another <laughs> hundred years.
1: No. So, I mean, I, by my count, and this is, this is from someone who re-uploaded these videos, yellow pee monster urinated all... And, and this again, this is not just a little. This is what my friend Nate would describe as arcing ropes of urine. Yeah. This is someone who is hydrated. They're in their lane. They're definitely... Moisturized, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it and, and the pressure control they got out of there is frankly phenomenal. They're able to go into, arcing up into the the seat protector holder, mm-hmm. you know, those mm-hmm. little paper seat protector things that we somehow believed was going to save us from like mecha herpes or something. Yes. He was able to urinate in a perfect stream directly into that, of course, soaking them all and making them useless. Peed into the toilet brush, mm-hmm. directly on the toilet paper, the seats everywhere, but the toilet, of course, because otherwise they would not be yellow peepee monster. They would just be me after a bender. It's it's just, it really is something to behold. We've got five, five different videos of peepee monster attacking a Barnes and Noble bookstore. And by the looks of each video, it is the same Barnes & Noble each time. Yes, It could also be that all the Barnes & Noble bathrooms it's look possible. alike. Entirely it's possible. possible. So- Entirely possible. But the same tile, the same everything. And, and there's, there's one that's a little bit longer. Most of them are about 30 seconds. There's one that's about 40 seconds where you actually kind of get the full intro. And then before they can even get to a stall, it's pi- it's a line <laughs> of piss on the floor piss yes. it's a line of piss on the floor now in this one this is uh Pee monster attacks barnes noble bookstore three if you guys want to check it out oh, uh, i'm watching along don't more, worry more more yellow than we've seen thus far It's so really going it's, really, for it.
0: it's a powerful, powerful yeah. stream
1: it's a powerful stream somebody's got real muscle control at a full black. opposite of self-abuse but self-love yeah, to a degree. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, do, do we? And we almost see their face in, in, uh, in, number five. By the way, if you look at, P. P. Monster Attacks Tanks Barnes Noble Bookstore five. Aren't
0: they like a... We almost yeah. see their
1: face in the reflection of the toilet paper holder. And this is the one where the foul micturator. If I'm doing my Elden Ring intro uh, voice, <laughs> the dreaded PP Monster.
0: He befouled the the Elden Ring with his <laughs> ammonia stream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Cause there'sn't the there's the, the dung eater, right? The the uh the the, pathet- the dung eater
0: is like the incel of the L yes. mythology, as far as I can tell. But yeah, so the PP monster, that's like like late two thousand nine. And I remember this yeah. having a resurgence. This is really weird, but I remember this having a resurgence, at least in how I remember things in my mind, around the time that Missouri became familiar with a man named Todd Akin and his his interesting viewpoints on the the violence that is uh, sexual rape and there's just some like of, like so I think a peepee monster I think of like Todd Akin just being like a huge miserable piece of shit so but this is interesting because I think I think this is another thing I think this is another thing that John Hedren might have brought to the larger masses of the internet because I think at the time finding weird shit on YouTube used to kind of be things like, Oh, it's like underage girls twerking, like this is really weird. This needs to be content moderated and taken away. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I think the first thing I realized like that YouTube could be interesting was John posting on something awful a video of a Mexican man taking a shit and the camera was like from the inside of the bowl, which has always been inspiration. Jesus. Which has always been the inspiration for my Shark Tank idea, which is a toilet that has a slot for a GoPro, a GoPro in it. I know, I know, I can get Mister Wonderful on board for it. I've already talked to the patent. You know, it's
1: really a shame. It's really a shame that Chuck Berry passed away. He would have been number one on the list. Oh, he would have loved it so much.
0: Oh, oh. Um, you want to hear all my favorite Chuck Berry stories?
1: Let's it's, real right, quick. Right. Yeah, sure. Let's do so, it.
0: Chuck Berry's playing a show at Blueberry Hill and the well,
1: that's a shocker. Yeah.
0: So he's playing a show at Blueberry Hill and it's about time that Chuck's about to go on. The the opening act's done and they've you know they've line checked all of Chuck's stuff and he's supposed to be on in like the next fifteen or so minutes. And the gopher, the PA, or whoever you want to call it in the story, the individual that's that's wrangling Chuck Berry. Which, if you hear enough stories about Chuck Berry, he seems like a guy that for most of his life needed a minder, and uh, mm-hmm. not a minor, a minder. M I N D E R. Oh yeah, that's that was That whole another thing. So, guys looking around, Chuck, looking around for Chuck around Blueberry Hill. He's going to the kitchen because sometimes he likes to go shoot the shit and cooks and get a little bit of food. You know, he's not there. They see if his car's out in the back, his PT prowler's not there. Or his Plymouth Prowler, I'm sorry to say his yeah. prowler, his Plymouth Prowler is not there. And uh so he's like, Where the fuck's Chuck? And he's he's looked all over the building, no one's seen him for a minute, and then he realized he didn't check the bathroom in the green room because there's a little bathroom oh, down no. there. So he goes yeah, into the sure green is. room and his band's just kinda like playing cards or some shit. And he's like asking the guys like, so is Chuck in there? And they're like, yeah, knock on the door, just see what's up. So the guy knocks on the door, doesn't hear anything, knocks on the door again. He opens the door and there he sees Chuck Berry sitting on the toilet, getting his dick sucked. And he's holding the cheeseburger in his hand and he's chewing a big old bite. And the guy's like, Chuck, man, hey, you're like on like 10 minutes. Is everything gonna be cool? The guy and Chuck Berry looks at the guy and he just says, man, can't you see I'm eating the cheeseburger?
1: <laughs> is that a joke? Is that, or is that for real? Story? You know
0: what, man? Let's let let's let the
1: people decide. All right. You let, you us, let us know. know. Uh, you let us know what you think of the Chuck Berry story. Three one four. Boy, our... poo. That's three one four, two, four, six, nine, seven, six, six. If you don't know how to spell with your telephone or if you're one of them Zoomers, if you prefer to email us, of course, always 48 minutes of dogs barking at gmail.com, 48 minutes of dogs barking at gmail.com, and on Twitter at 48 minutes of dogs, because Twitter's stupid and won't let us have the whole thing. So. 48 minutes of dogs? <laughs> 48 minutes of dogs. I mean, that works. Not barking, just just of,
0: i mean we I mean, listen, we're getting all the demos. So, <laughs> you, want, you want to go back into the yellow world?
1: Uh, let us enter the nightmare world okay, so of the yellow PP monster. Okay, so I'm going
0: to PP monster attacks the mall too.:
1: Now that one, if, if, if that's the same one I'm thinking of, that's the one. Let me pull this back up. Yeah, so what's interesting about all these yellow PP monster videos, and I'm, I'm doing this like on a film analysis. <laughs> oh, this one's so got the speed of it. Yeah, well, he, he, this one, he's escalated now because it was originally just I'm going to piss everywhere. And by the time we get to Attacks the Mall 2, he's escalated to the point where he's unrolling the toilet paper roll. That's the speed-up that he's referred to. He's unrolling all the toilet paper and then just dousing the toilet paper. It's, it's a strange provocation. It went from pissing everywhere to I'm pulling all the toilet paper out and I'm just going to go on the toilet paper. Because if I remember from this one, it's only 30 seconds long, all of them under a minute. Yeah, it's just piss on the toilet paper and walk out. So it's very odd. It's almost as though he got caught at some point and now has to change it up. It's kind of like when, you know, like when a serial killer moves to a new town in one of those shows or something and they got to change up their MO cuz they move, you know, cause they moved or whatever. You know, there's a couple where he escalates into like just pissing in the trash can, the one PP Monster attacks Round Table Pizza. <laughs> starts with starts with the trash can, but no. There he goes on the toilet seat cover and the holder for the toilet. There's no, there seems to be no rhyme or reason there on this long list of videos and believe me it is it, I'm, I'm doing the count here it's 30? somewhere around 20 30 videos and they're all, again all are under a minute you can binge them all at once.
0: Yeah this this is not a Netflix series this is not Stranger no. Things.
1: It's Quibi. <laughs> it's something off. Quibi,
0: yellow peepee monster on Quibi. <laughs> I would have maybe signed up for it.
1: Yeah, I, I might have actually done that. Uh, the only thing worth watching on Quibi, by the way, was a a very odd comedy with Anna Kendrick in the lead. There, it was called Dummy. Uh-huh. A girl finds out that her boyfriend has a sex doll the sex doll then starts talking to her and they plan a heist and a road trip I heard about this weird, weird stuff. It's fun to watch, but yeah, it's, the 10 minute format really takes you out of it. So you could binge all the yellow PP monsters super quick. There's a website. There's two of them. I'm told I can't uh, say this word. So we'll go to, uh, dot <laughs> removed. Dot us, but also the YPPM dot. Spastics. Lord help me. Spastics.net. Somebody's gonna come after me for for using that word, but that's fine. I welcome your hatred. net to watch all of them. And they are fascinating art pieces. It's almost the natural extension of Duchamp when uh, say yeah, it.
0: that was kind of like I could see like some real fucking reddit epic bacon edge <laughs> lord looking at these <laughs> and being like these really push the limits of what a bathroom
1: is for. Well, I, I I think I think it pushes the limits of what, like, a video art installation could be, maybe. Like, someone could do a Yellow Pee Pee Monster show. Yeah,
0: so, you know, you know it's really interesting, because I've worked a couple jobs where people just had no qualms about absolutely destroying the bathroom. No. One of them was Guitar Center, and oh, boy. I actually remember working with a guy. It was his first day. He just got out uh, of uh, high school, and he was just mm-hmm. working there for the summer, and then he was going to, like, college out of state. And it was, like, his first day. And his name was also Brian. And
1: Two Brians, no waiting. What a deal. So,
0: manager comes
1: up. <laughs> nothing, by the way. Nothing out of that. Just two two Brians, silence. what it's a funny. deal. Two, two Brians, no waiting. You know what? Never mind. It wasn't even funny the first time. All right. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Anyways. So, manager,
0: come, manager comes up to us. Don't continue to,
1: a, to ask me to do the bit again. All right. So So, Jason...
0: Mm-hmm. Put your hands on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as I hit you with this sock mm. full of nickels, you're going to tell me why the bit wasn't good. All right. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just giving you shit. It's fine.
1: It was a riff on two bathrooms. Two Johns were doing a bathroom. Oh, I know. I'm, know fa- I'm
0: sorry. I'm not familiar with the reference. I apologize. Uh,
1: two Johns. Uh, two Johns. No waiting. Uh, there were two bathrooms that were open and no one was in line for them. And there were two Bryans in the story. See,
0: this is like uh if someone makes like a
1: you can stop hitting me now. <laughs> no, you've gotta take <laughs>
0: So this is like if someone makes like a letter Kenny reference to me where it's like, yeah, I don't hate Letter Kenny, I just don't know it. So sorry. I'm I am i am sure I'm yeah, sure right. you, I'm sure you meant <clears> well. <laughs> and I'm sorry to disappoint yeah. everyone here. So manager comes up and says, I was like one of the newest hires and also one of the youngest people there and i was kind of training this guy uh, they're like oh hey someone really stopped up the handicap stall uh you you guys are going to need like take gloves and like tape them to your forearms and stuff and i'm like oh, cool so i mean we're in this fucking bathroom two two guys are like 19 and we're throwing everything at this terrible terrible bowl of evil chili and i feel like it was even like maybe a little foggy or musty. Oh. Like there was a wink oh. in the air. Oh. And I remember oh. just like, Oh, I can smell just it. I just can taste it. Just terrible. Just an awful concoction of, and just, it was like one of those things where like, well, you know what? After all that, you might as well mop the floor. Kind of deals because, like, that you got you just gotta kind of like reset the whole room. It's just no like burn some
1: sage, yeah, clean, like, cleanse the, that fix, evil out of Fixing what's there,
0: going yeah. on with the toilet is not gonna <laughs> fix this space anymore. <laughs> you know, it's you fix the toilet, but did you, did you really heal the wound? And I just remember right. this kid, it's been sullied, getting his forearms going, getting his you know, really getting in there with the plunger and just kind of stops and he looks at me and he goes brian i'm like yeah what's up man he's like this is fucking stupid i'm like it is fucking stupid and he's like you know what <laughs> fuck it i'm just gonna work for my dad's siding company and just walked out
1: <laughs> more power yeah, to I was him. like, yeah, i was like I I was, it was like funny
0: you know my my supervisors asking me like, Hey, so what happened to other Brian? I haven't seen him for like an hour. And I'm like, Oh, he just kind of like peaced out. And they're like, like, did he go home early? Was he sick? And I'm like, I don't think we're going I think I'm going to be the only Brian here from now on. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, and he's like, that's a pretty smart kid.
1: Oh, damn. When even your manager knows that's when, that's when the troubles really There started. was yeah. times
0: where like, if we got a kid, that was, like, working the front door, and he was really naive. We would tell him, like, hey, can you go into the basement and get some reverb fluid? And I remember this one kid... Oh, God, no! This one kid walked around for what had to have been for, like, a half hour, looking for, like, where's the steps to the basement? And we're like,
1: uh... Uh, and i like okay he told you to do that
0: <laughs> oh it was him you know okay you know he's kind of a dick for letting this go on for so long not that he was a dick for doing it but he's like after like five minutes he was like hey man i'm just i'm just pulling your leg uh i do need you to go buy me some cigarettes on your lunch break though
1: <laughs> well i mean if 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 newbies aren't for that what are they for get the fuck
0: out of here hey smokes but yeah so pp monster it's just kind of the mind the mind of a bathroom vandal it's really kind of seeing yeah uh, like my brother told me his his first job was a custodian at a laundromat in the city and it's a small local chain of laundromats they're still around and they're pretty much only in the city my brother was the custodian and he's like, yeah, most days it was pretty quiet. paid them a wage, which was like five bucks an hour. This is the nineties. And one day, like a bag lady comes in or like, just like some really disheveled person. I don't know how he particularly described them trying to find the words, but what basically happened is this lady heated up so bad that not only was like everything in the, and the bathroom kind of violated, but the thing in particular was like the turd that was like basically put in hand and like slapped on the oh, sh- drop ceiling in the bathroom, like it was like a skateboarder <laughs> slapping a sticker on a Burt brand. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, sometimes turds just do that, Brian. <laughs> just like JFK's head. Sometimes <laughs> they just do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's- he decided right then and there because there he's like i'm not i'm not cleaning that i don't, I don't know no and his manager was she
1: doing the the drill tweet where the, he's doing a flip and the targets in the ceiling
0: i have no idea <laughs> but he decided then there, like yeah you know what my dignity is worth a little bit more than this and quit <laughs> it happened to be in the same strip mall that my dad was working out of at the same t- at that time and my he walks down and talks to my dad my dad's like what the fuck are you doing here like your your shift's not done for like another hour and he's like yeah i quit and my dad apparently was getting mad and he explained it and my dad's like oh oh yeah no, that no i get yeah yeah, yeah you that, do <laughs> yeah, like, yeah oh there was a turret on the ceiling yeah that, that's <laughs> yeah. time to go <laughs> it's time to hang up your hat and say all right i'll see you guys later
1: and <laughs> yep <laughs> So the drill tweet, by the way, if you're not a follower of at drill on Twitter, what the fuck are you doing here? But also do it, rectify that now. The tweeting question from March 22nd, 2012, I had to go through my my, my little Rolodex of drill tweets because I always have one. There's always one for every occasion. And this one's right there. And the tweet is, quote, I have no idea how that turd got on your ceiling, but it definitely didn't fly out of my shorts while I was doing a backflip. Ah. <laughs> <So. laughs> uh... If you if you get a chance, by the way, there's a fantastic compilation of his tweets in a book called Mister Ten Years. I'm going to have it leather bound and placed on my bookshelf. You know, I almost bought as a cultural that. Almost bought yeah. yeah. It's great because they're organized by theme. So if you want all the wife tweets, where he talks about his horrible wife. If you want all the tweets about his uh, forums adversary Digimon Otis, they're all collected in that one spot. So it's very nice if you're looking for something in particular, like turds <laughs> or or piss or the, the tiny. Yep the the the, the tiny barbell uh, series. <laughs> one more rep, yeah.
0: <laughs> what an amazing tweet! My favorite one is buying diarrhea it's buying <laughs> diarrhea medicine and lowering my glasses and saying. For my uncle
1: who is a model, by the way.
0: <laughs> uh you know what's really bad is being on the internet and particularly on Twitter for so long is not remembering of certain classic tweets are drills or by bandits. And that's just like a real yeah. that's a real yeah. like just oh I'm getting old and my my mind and body is failing and one day no one will remember me. Just as just as I cannot remember the original author of these fantastic morsels, no those tweets. <sighs>
1: uh,
0: so, so what's next, my friend? So, what's
1: next is a classic. where We're gonna do our our least favorite segment. Shock. Let me get that again. Let me it it know, I think those.
0: what would make this bit a lot better is if, when we get to the point uh, where we start having guests, just yeah. like we know what it is, but we get to, we get to. Oh, surprising! Surprising! Them. Them. Yes. here. Look at this. Yeah. What's yeah, that's what is what that? happened to that guy's face. <laughs> L, he survived the shotgun <laughs> blast.
1: Oh.
0: If it doesn't have a, a style project or a rotten dot mark in the crowd, ain't good shit.
1: Speaking of good shit, our shock.jpg for this week is a classic, certified banger, hood classic, hello.jpg. Some of you already know, but some of you don't. Some of you may know it by another name, Goatsy. That's right, folks. Or Goatsex, Goatsay. How do you you pronounce that? I always said Goatsy. Because I wasn't pronouncing the the, 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 domain, the .cx. We kind
0: of knew it in high school as Goatsy.cx. I actually had a friend. Yeah who I won't name because he's a very respectable and nice man, I think, and has a family <laughs> and all of that stuff. But he actually, he, he seems like he has a nice and good life that does not be need to be disrupted by the fact that he owned a shock t-shirt in 10th grade. But he had oh, yeah. a, a a shirt that was just a black shirt and white text that just said GoatSea.CX. And this was oh. really when when schools with like T1 internet... We're starting to be more commonplace, and you know, computers in every classroom and stuff like that. And I believe he got in trouble because a teacher looked up the
1: URL. Oh and, Jesus! Uh, yeah, and there's and there's Kirk's asshole. Yeah, yeah. So the story behind Goetz is fascinating that to me.
0: Gawker piece that's really exhaustive.
1: Yeah, Adrian Chen, Adrian Chen, about back in 2012, ten years, uh, ten years on, did the definitive Goatsy expose called Finding Goatsy. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he found the original artist of Hello.jpg, which, if you've never seen it, again, what the fuck are you doing here? Why are you on my internet? But also, if you've never seen it, yes, you have. Because it is an alarming, sort of blurry photo mm-hmm. of, of, of a man, presumably, because, again, penis, mm-hmm. asshole, with an extremely distended anus, He's gripping both sides of it, wedding ring mm-hmm. on, and exposing every it's last inch—the interior mucous membrane of his anus. Yeah, I mean it's practically prolapsing in front of your eyes. It's insane. Powerful image. Powerful, just be, just for its ability to be like, okay, yep, that's a guy spreading his asshole, but that's like so red and moist looking. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's truly really, it. The human anus is, is disgusting on its own, because that's where you poop from. But also, to see it just rendered in such a graphic detail, even though there's nothing all that graphic about it, to be honest. I mean, again, it's not somebody surviving a shotgun blast to the face. That, to me, is graphic. But, like, I don't know. There's just something. I don't know, It's a it's, it's guy with a wedding ring, and he's not just spreading. You know what I mean? Like, there's they're spreading your a-hole, and then there's doing what Kirk Johnson's doing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It's almost like he's defiled himself just by taking that photo. I don't know why that is, but it's, it's just... aggressive. A, that's a yeah, name. I think that's what it really is.
0: It's like if, uh... It's if not it,
1: just, it's not just look at my asshole, it's check out every crevice. Here you this are. This is a sort of,
0: for, sort of photograph that Robert Maplethorpe would have made if he wasn't a pussy.
1: Oh, he would have loved it. Yeah, it would have uh, been his favorite photo. He would have hung it, hung it on yeah. his wall. Jeez.
0: He would slap that butthole Uh, Oh, yeah. Take that out. Oh, no, that's sticking in. Oh, that's Mr. Perfect. Mr. Goatsy. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the standard shock image of the internet for probably most of the, you know, the aughts from probably about 2000 to 2010. Probably that and like Tub Girl, probably top tier with a little bit of meat spin in there but like that is definitely the ultimate og shock image it says a lot to the desensitizing nature of the internet that when i see goats see it's just kind of like it's like seeing a photo of a puppy
1: yeah it's a picture of an old friend oh uh, gosh <laughs> i haven't so seen you in a... years it's
0: so gosh what you...
1: hey buddy hey, when did you get in yeah. town <laughs> we should hang out but then you never actually yeah, do it it's uh yes
0: Oh, old goaty! what is that man doing to his anus? Yep. Just, yeah, just a man's stretched up asshole and his weird dog. See, this is what MySpace and Facebook took away from us.
1: The ability to troll people with Goatsy. Well, you know, before
0: <laughs> the, the hyper commodification of the space, the digital space known as the internet, or colloquially known as the World Wide Web, the internet was mostly used for two things. One, gross pics, and two, blame wars. And by replic- replicating yeah. the corporate space we've, in the internet, we have, we've, we've lost the innocence of seeing a woman doing liquid shits onto her own face in a bathtub or a man opening up his AS as if he's got just the worst itch he can't get. Gotta get, get in, in there, there. Yeah. Jesus, get the coat hanger. <laughs> listen, listen. I'll buy you another pencil.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All this, you know, like all this is is very strange because it's almost, uh, you know, Proust had to eat a madeleine to get this kind of <laughs> this this kind of flood of memories. But me, I see Kirk Johnson's uh, gaping a hole, and and suddenly, yeah, it's dial-up time, and I'm I'm back in '97. So yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very yeah, and it's, it's very strange. It's, gosh. I could, I couldn't, couldn't it have been uh, a mandolin? No, it had to be Kirk Johnson's dance hole. Now, uh, uh, an underappreciated part of Goatsy, by the way, was that Kirk's butt was not the only uh, thing on the site. If you remember, there was actually a second mm-hmm. page. There was another page, uh, The mm-hmm. Giver, mm-hmm. which is just a Photoshop of a guy with a giant dong. Mm-hmm. And, and that one didn't take off for some no, reason.
0: No, you know, it's just like a sophomore release you know like is is the strokes second record as good goes as their first no the giver is not as good as goat see it's just it's yeah. just simple math it's just yeah. a simple fact of life unfortunately it is it is what it is it's a man with a huge dick it yeah. doesn't really offer you any deeper insights it doesn't really scratch anything forbidden or bizarre it's it's novelty is very pedestrian Whereas a man opening up his asshole, shit, where are you gonna see that? Yeah, I mean, aside from the mirror, but uh Gosh, you can. I I envy your flexibility. <laughs> I just have to go on what the bus driver is telling me.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't. I don't have a mirror big enough. I, I was doing a little bit of research, following up on this, and, and it looks like, sadly, Kirk's kind of gone from the internet a lot of a lot of places. You know, the Adrian Chen story links to a bunch of stuff that's no longer there. It appears that the sex toy store that kirk johnson used to run called the big sex toy store that is uh, quoting chen's piece an online erotic novelty shop specializing in extreme penetration gear sadly not on the web anymore so you cannot buy penis extenders or any of the enormous things that kirk would have used to recreate the image so we there uh, as was in the book we shall never see his uh His
0: we shall never see his hole again. Because <laughs> Kurt, Kurt has uh,
1: he's passed on. Yes. Um. My understanding is that he was in his fifties mm-hmm. around the time the Chen's piece was out. I haven't seen. Let me. Look, Kirk Johnson. Oh God! I'm going to get on some kind of list.
0: The horny police are going to beat down your door. Arresting you in the middle of the night and stuffing saltpeter down your throat as they drag you down the stairs, kicking and
1: screaming. And, you, and you're saying, I'm
0: not, I'm not Horned. I'm not Horned, I swear.
1: All I have is a random forum post. Don't know how much of this is true. Well, it's on the internet. But yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. August 2013, said that uh, Kirk had had passed. And now, oh, dear God, now. Uh... Goatsy Coin, a bespoke Goatsy digital token.
0: I remember seeing that on a couple of early exchanges, just like Goatsy Coin, like Pepe Coin, and shit like that. Uh, there was a George W. Bush Coin, if if you can imagine, that was knowable enough to be put on exchanges. Jesus, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking wild to think of shit like that. And, you know, everything everything's been digitalized or and quite literally tokenized in the modern era, hmm. and why wouldn't gross photos have...
1: I mean, like, I get, I get, like, Betty Boop and shit, where it's, like, somebody, somebody who owns an IP, you know...
0: Are you saying, are you saying, Jason, the next time you drive your kids to Merrimack Caverns, there should be a stop here and get your vintage Goatsy memorabilia? <laughs>
1: yeah, actually. <laughs> as long as Kirk sides off on it, as not it would passed on, I don't it would... the, the working tub girl uh, uh, bidet?
0: The world's largest paper mache tub girl.
1: It's just, and you can paint a little bit of it. You know, leave your mark on history. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we're going to commodify and fetishize everything, why not? Fuck it.
0: They have giant hands on on the outside of the the main entrance of Merrimack Caverns. Look like the goatsey. Yeah, there yep. you go. There we go, folks.
1: Gotta have the ring. Nailed it. Gotta have the ring. By the way, if, if if you see an image where it's two hands pulling open a hole and it doesn't have a ring, that's not a gothy. Sorry, folks. But I will point them out every once in a while. Like, I got a a piece of mail a couple of years back where it was two hands tearing open an American flag, which looked you know suspiciously like uh, Kirk's asshole. I said, "Well, no ring." <laughs> That's how you. There gonna... was
0: a a cover of Time that had two hands gripping an American yeah. flag, ripping it apart like that. that. Was it? Yeah, yeah. There's just all these weird illusions to go to see. There's even an illusion to goats see in Unreal Tournament two thousand four. And one of the I forget the name of the game mode might have been called like assault or something that was objective based. There's one where you're kind of the thing is that you are uh, the player team are like kind of like in mm-hmm. like an American gladiators, but it's unreal tournament. And you've got to drive this truck through this obstacle course out of this arena oh, and the no. exit of the arena is like through this doorway and the, the metal wiring that goes inside that exit looks like goat seed. I think it even has like a metal, <laughs> yes. a metal wedding ring on it.
1: That's, there you go. That's how you that's know it's you, real. You put a <laughs> ring on it. Yeah. So, uh, so that's goat seed. and And that about does it for the show, right? We're at the end of our, our prescribed dose of internet sickness. Let's, let's have
0: a little palate
1: cleanser. <laughs>
0: for a second here we've talked about very terrible stuff we've talked about uh yes it's true i alex jones can <laughs> do i can put the beans above the fruit the reverse fruit basket i can't put my nuts above my dick i ain't proud of it <laughs> but it's true i just want to put that out there before it starts getting in the in discovery thank, thank um, you but we're talking about people. thank
1: you our special guest for the week alex jones by the way thank you alex i know you have a trial to get to so i'm gonna let you go But uh, <laughs> folks. <laughs>
0: amazing that alex jones and fat man both start so many of their declarative statements with
1: folks yeah <laughs> well you know trump did too
0: yeah. folks you won't believe why trump i ordered from domino's i'm going to eat in the bathtub <laughs> all the while all night. oh yeah my folks, father's drinking be damned <laughs> oh yeah but, folks it's
1: alex jones but here. we've talked about chuck
0: berry, <laughs> we've talked about pp monsters, we've talked about hello j, yeah. we've talked about alex jones uh. I think at this point we should probably kind of leave on a note that's not so disheartening or cynical.
1: Okay. What do you have in mind?
0: Have you watched Paper Girls?
1: I have not. This is something that I was actually going to ask you offline about, but we might as well have this discussion here since we've got the time and I'm uh, I'm paying. So what uh, what is um, it?
0: It is a adaptation of a comic book series written by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who is uh, known for a few things. I know Brian. Uh, he's at least to me most importantly known as the author of Saga, which is probably my favorite comic mm. series in print right now. It's just, uh, yeah.
1: Um I'm not I gotta give it to him for uh, for Why the Last Man. That's a that's a stone cold classic as far I've as I concerned why, the, saying, last why the last man. I've heard man. that's really
0: fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have I'm exploring his the work and the people he's worked with. And I'm sorry to say I can't remember the, the name of the illustrator of Paper Girls at this moment. I haven't read the comics. I actually just ordered the complete series and I, I gave it to a friend so that he could indulge in it first uh since he's a quicker reader than I am particularly when it comes to graphic novels but I just got done with the first series and I'm just really impressed with just pretty much the whole thing just the the acting I didn't think I would enjoy a story that starts out with four preteen paper girls in you know middle of nowhere Ohio getting abducted by
1: Oh this I, I have seen the trailer for this. Yeah it's like a time travel science fiction yeah sort of, kind of this story. Can, it's
0: I think it's kind of one of Vaughn's tropes when it comes to writing is you kind of think you know what this is gonna be and then it kind of there's another layer added on another layer of subtext or narrative that changes kind of like everything you've just experienced. It's kind of like an M not Shyamalan twist or M night Shyamalan. Right.
1: Where you you recontextualize the rest of the story. Yeah. It's kind of, there's a, there's a bit, uh, he did a run on runaways that was like that. Yeah.
0: So without having re read the, the original comic, but just going off the show, the, the casting is really well done. Everything, Feels right as someone that is I'm thirty six, so the late eighties, early nineties are kind of before I was really cognizant of the world, but like I monoculture, as we say today, moved much slower back then. It was much different. So the way things were in like eighty-eight for most of America, particularly in Midwest, not too different than ninety-three or ninety-four, which is when I kind of start remembering things in a more concrete fashion. So everything just feels right. The story is really, it goes from kind of being like, okay, I kind of think I know where this is going to not being ly I thought it would be. And then there's, without getting spoilers, there are elements where you're just like, oh, so we're going to go in this direction? just okay. like, And you think like, oh, okay, this is going into this sci-fi direction, but it's kind of just giving you a taste of it and kind of dropping that to almost kind of like uh again subvert your expectations like oh now it's gonna be this kind of story and like no it's only gonna be this kind of story for this segment and then we're kind of gonna go back to this form and then we're going to explore the narrative and kind of chew the scenery a little bit and explore who these characters are and what it would be like to be some a child from nineteen eighty eight that's all of a sudden slapped in the 2019 or 2020 or whatever in the modern day. Yeah. And what would it be like to encounter as a child the your older brother or yourself as an adult and things like that. It kind of really plays on what it means to be young and have expectations of what your life is going to be like and and seeing them shattered in kind of like real time because like the, uh, the one character, you know, present day self that we encounter is Aaron and she's thoroughly disappointed by who she becomes as an adult. And she doesn't even have the most lofty of expectations. She wanted to be like a Senator with like four kids and most kids you feel like if they found out their future would be like well you get to have a family you didn't get the center job but you have something like okay well i got, I got the four kids but none of that happens the, her future self ends up kind of being a loser at, at first and then you find out that well there's things that are more complicated about you know life doesn't go how you expect it and of course there's one kid who when she encounters her present day self she's so excited oh we went to MIT and we did all this and you know she's very much in love with this person that she's this adult version of herself but then as she spends more time with the adult version of herself she realizes she finds out that like well well we didn't really go to MIT we were there for like two semesters and we got kicked out Mm -hmm. and things like that it's just good and I think it's hmm. like what makes Saga really good is that there's this real, real heart to it. Beats really hard. That you know makes you feel in a way that you don't expect a comic book to make you feel. And Paper Girls as the show kind of stirs you or quiets you in a way you don't expect. What's being I'm sure as the the board meeting at Amazon was like. Well, we need something to kind of be like Stranger Things, and this is oh, there's this comic book written by this guy, you know, like there's a very cynical way you can see why this was made into a, a streaming service program. But just because there's something really cynical behind it doesn't mean that the people that actually will it into this world don't have skin in the game or they, they aren't sincere or uh, empathetic in their approach to it.
1: I had that same thought when Amazon picked up Invincible which is another mm-hmm. a great comic with a with a hook that then turns out to be something different and i feel like the, the again it's the same thing jk simmons is on the cast stephen Yun, mm-hmm. i believe is his name uh, just a, a great voice cast really skilled team of animators but you had a conceit that was like okay this is like an avengers type show or mm-hmm. you know a uh, young superman or whatever and then it goes off the rails but it takes a while to get there and so this You've kind of got something similar, too. It's very fascinating because, like, okay, so maybe that is kind of what we're doing. Another Amazon series, obviously, aside from The Boys, The Boys is great, but we don't really need to belabor that. Everybody knows The Boys is great.
0: Boys is fantastic.
1: Yeah. There's a book, called, uh, there's a, a TV series called Undone, Rose Salazar, Bob Odenkirk. It's, it's, an actual show about mental illness, written by the Bojack Horseman folks. God. Oh, the Sad Horseman show. Thanks, thanks. Universe. Yeah, I know, but the, yeah, but okay, sure. Sad horse guy. But what's interesting about that show is that it's live action filmed, and then they rotoscoped all this beautiful animation okay. around it. Again, performances out the out the wazoo. Gene Triple Horns in it. Two seasons of it worth up there, and it's really—I don't think that one's going to get the attention it deserves, frankly, but it's its really good stuff. Kate Purdy did some writing on there. Okay,
0: okay. I'm going to have to check this out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one that I would recommend for you. Kate Purdy worked on BoJack, but also on, for two years, Cougar Town. So, you know, kind of a varied resume. Definitely recommend. It. it's called Undone.
0: Undone. I will have to check that out. Thank you for the recommendation, Jason. Uh, of and, course. Thank
1: you for the recommendation of Paper Girls.
0: Yes, highly recommended. So good. So that's our breath mint. Let's do our socials. Where are our uh, socials again there, Mr. Jason?
1: Uh, first first and foremost, my socials are uh, at Video Crime, all one word. On Twitter there, you can find me there. And pretty much only mm-hmm. there. Uh, you can also look me up on Letterboxd, I guess, but I only really talk about movies I've seen with my family, so it's not really like I'm sitting there going, you know, David Lynch's Daddy or whatever. And then should, the uh, the show's uh, socials says at 48 eight minutes of Dogs on Twitter. I believe Facebook is the same, although Lord only knows why a podcast on a Facebook page, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, you can also reach out to us two other ways. Brian, what is that number oh, that's again?
0: Three one four. Ahoy, poo.
1: As in, you're saying hello to the giant poo on the ceiling that (laughs) Brian's brother had to clean up. Refused to clean up. Ahoy! I'm sorry, he refused to clean up. Uh, That number, by the way, if you don't like to spell with your telephone or don't know how, is 314-246-9766. And you can always send us complaints, questions, queries, recipes for cake at 48MinutesOfDogsBarking at gmail.com.
0: machi. My Archie name is Archie. Brian, and you can gang stalk me and send me death threats <laughs> at Ishotguidboard. That's G U Y D B O R D, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. If for some reason, if and if for some reason, after all of this terrible bullshit, you want to hire me for something, my uh, photography portfolio website is www.assholemusicphotographer.com. i love that url that's so good
1: um spot on yeah to
0: my cry i also own amusicphotographer.com i still have anything parked on there right now uh Uh, maybe in the future i will and if i do i will make sure to let people know that they can be angry about that as well and what else do
1: i have oh i guess that's it if
0: i only had
1: that dock plate that's right (laughs) and all else fails of course you can always. Email Virgil Texas, well, end of the show means it's time for a closing song. I had to dig deep for this one. Our old pal Tim Heidecker, no stranger to urine-based shows himself, uh, decided to record an album with a group called the Yellow River Boys. (laughs) The name of the album was called Urinal Street Station. This song is my personal favorite from it called Truck Stop Piss Club. That does it for the show. Have yourselves a good weekend, or whatever the fuck. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye.